Shaletta Brundage is known as the autism mom, not just because she's got three kids on the spectrum, but because she's an advocate who works to educate and inspire other moms of kids with special needs. You're listening to the Taking Authority Over Autism podcast. My name is Shaletta Brundage, and as the announcer said, I'm the host of the show. Now, they call me Minnesota's Autism Mom, not just because I have three kids diagnosed on the spectrum, but because my husband, Sean, and I and my entire family, were advocates for children who have special needs. And this week's show is very special because we are dealing with COVID and how it impacts Black babies, black students, children in the classroom, especially those who have special needs. I have heard from dozens of parents who say, Shaletta, I don't have access to the internet. I don't have high speed. I don't have the laptop. I don't have the private services and my children are not getting what they need from the schools. We normally get 30 minutes of OT, 30 minutes of speech every week. We're not getting that. I'm seeing regression in my children since COVID happened. What should and can I do? And I don't know what to tell them because what's happening in our communities is the first thing is we're waiting too late to get our kids diagnosed. We only get services from the school because a lot of times we don't know that there's services available outside the school. And then when we do find out, we can't afford it. So now that we're shut down from the only system that provides special needs services to our special needs kids, our babies are suffering. So today's show is dedicated to black babies during this COVID crisis. And, and I had to give the doctor a call. You know, I said, was something wrong? You called the doctor? Mm-hmm. I had to call Dr. Bernadia Johnson. Y'all know who this woman is. She's a former superintendent of Minneapolis schools. She's continuing to work in leadership, assistant professor at MSU Mankato in education leadership. And she is on the phone lines for the Taking Authority Over Autism podcast. Doctor, help us. We are calling on the doctor for some help. What can I tell these parents? What can we give them so that they can help their children? Well, first of all, Shaletta, thank you for having me on your podcast tonight. It's really been an exciting day for me because my son just got married today. So Congratulations. Like, yes. So it's like really just an up day, upbeat day for me. So I'm excited to be on here to talk about areas that I had concerns with. I'm sure most people have concerns with or should people who care and understand the educational system and what's happening to black kids and our vulnerable kids especially. And I will tell you, I remember when I came into Minneapolis, it was the first time I, I had a, heard of autism. And it's interesting, even the term autism and use in the black community is not necessarily what I heard frequently. You hear them from white parents mm-hmm. because they're, they're in the know because kids who may be on the spectrum sometimes show behaviors and what I saw is more students being referred to the emotional behavior disorder programs where they're excluded, excluded from the mainstream environment. And as I know with any child, if you tap into their strengths and their interests, and if you show them what their gifts are and talents are, they can excel. And they especially need to be in environments where they're mainstream students so they can learn to be within those environments. And it's really important that you and your husband are doing this. So you guys have excited me. I may be the doctor, but you guys are the girl. Look, we're just trying to be the example because what we found is that especially in our community and we just going to talk because we family. Okay, we just going to put it all out there is y'all be acting like ain't nothing wrong with your kids. 
They five years old. They getting ready to go to kindergarten. They ain't talking. They still in the pamper. They eating baby food. They drinking out the bottle. And they spinning right. around in circles. And they flipping their hands. And they won't give you no eye contact. And you say, oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. He'll talk when he get ready to talk. He just don't like people. She just shy. Ain't nothing wrong with her. She just, you know, sometimes it takes other people longer to potty train. No. Is something wrong with your child? Just go get checked. Well, I don't yeah, want them to help. label my baby. Girl, look. They're going to label your child anyway. You done missed well, out on three, four years of good intervention because you're waiting on the school to fix it and because, the school is not yeah. going to fix it. And the, and the evidence is clearly there that the earlier you intervene with students with special needs, the better you will be able to help them overcome their, 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 their label that you give them. And that's really important. You start to decrease the number of students who are represented in special education programs the sooner you start. That's why early childhood special education is critically important for students to be in. But so you talk about some things that really hit me that honed in on some of my concerns is that students who are vulnerable, and I'm calling out black students, vulnerable students and students with special needs, don't have access uh, to maybe some of the therapies that they would receive mm-hmm. if they were in the school. And of course, then the onus falls on the parents who may not have the resources or wherewithal or either the health insurance to be able to access what some other parents can do. Mm-hmm. So for so what I I tell people is that the same disparities you see existing in the school that's operating every day will be exacerbated. Girl. So you, see, you will see more kids referred to special ed, more kids that uh, give it a definition or defined by terms that really don't mean anything. And the fact of the matter is, is that then you'll, you'll need more services and all that kind of support. But the parents are the first teachers, and you're the first person to recognize that your child is not doing some of those milestones, and you just have to be aware of what they are. And, you know, you can cry all the way to the doctor, cry all the way to the school and say, I know my baby, I need him assessed, and I need to know what it, 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 is, what it entails. But it doesn't mean that you sit that child off in a room by him or herself. I think it's the, it's the labeling that concerns people, but it's also the isolation that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so you, like you talked about, I think I read somewhere like your daughter wasn't invited to birthday parties. So mm-hmm. people, they start, to, they start to get excluded from things that they certainly can be successful at and have, you know, and have a, a good experience. So we're going to see worse outcomes for these students. We're going to see students who are going to fall behind academically and they won't get identified. And the thing that gets me is what I fear, I fear that they're going to try to retain these students. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even yeah, think I mean, about that. I, I mean, that because, you know, somebody said, well, they didn't meet. I mean, you missed two months of school. You didn't miss the whole year of school. So, I mean, I think it'll just, like I said, it'll, it, people will say, well, maybe we should look at retention. But the research is clear. Retention doesn't work. And kids who are retained end up dropping out later. And all the social cues that go along with that, like you repeating the same grade and then you're older and more mature. I was in a system in Memphis City Schools where we retained so many kids that you end up having 15-year-olds in the sixth grade. Oh, my now, God. you know that's not right. No. So then you got, you got to deal with the adolescence and the maturity level and all the other things that social constructs and deconstruction stuff that happens. And, and so... This is such an important topic, and it's so important that our our community listens. And so it's going to take some advocacy. It's going to take some advocacy because I also believe that we're not going to bounce back from this coronavirus if they open school up in the fall, and I'm not sure they will. And if they do, 
you know, I think we will have years and years of trying to to get back where we are. And I'm not sure the system, I am sure, I'm sure the system should not even be the same as it exists today because it's broken. It's not working for kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't read the article yet, but I read something on Twitter that NPR said the Minnesota superintendents are ready to have school, you know, are ready to do what they need to do. They go plan for school being closed in the fall, mm-hmm. but they will, but if the plans change, they are ready to open. I'm like, well, be ready for whose kids? Right. Whose kids will you be ready for? Because our kids and, ain't going to be ready for you. No, because here's the other thing. You know, due to the, the digital divide, first of all, we don't have access to the high-frequency uh, Internet, if that's what you call it, but we also don't have the the, uh, the actual hardware, the actual technology, the computers, and that kind of thing to help, you know, to help students. And so students who are used to doing that, because it's not this simple like here's a computer. You have to have exactly. Ex- you have to have experience. Exposed, yes, exposed to experience kids to using a computer. So you can't just say you know parents got to get a computer and do that, which is not economical for some folks. But what I've seen and heard from people is that if you black, brown, and native, you get a packet. Yes, they, they've been, and I've it. seen that they've been passing out paper packets. I'm like, what yeah, you supposed to do with this? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You don't get the computer. You, you know, they don't have enough computers. So I feel like, you know, when Governor Walsh talked about one Minnesota, then to get to one Minnesota, we need to deal with the digital divide. Yeah. And that and that's serious. And then, too, even if they do have everything, a lot of these parents, uh, you know, as, as well as I do, black women are on the front line. We front line workers. You know, they have labeled oh, yeah. our sisters at the Family Dollar and at Walmart and at Hy-Vee and Cub Food. We've all of a sudden we are essential. And so right. babies are at right. home with big mama who don't know how to work the computer. The babies right. don't know exactly. how to work the computer. And mama's at work all day. And by the time she get home dealing with these folks buying up all the right. toilet paper, she don't have the time. And then besides that, she comes home, she's exhausted. But besides that, who knows what she's bringing home with her? Thank you. Come you know, on now. And so, no, absolutely. I mean, that's right. These uh, Our black people are considered mostly essential workers, and they're, they don't have the luxuries that I have to come home and teach a classroom online. And the fact of the matter is, is really challenging these kids. If you're not used to having kids all day, it's really stressful. Oh, it's my God, yes. More stress on the family. My son and his now wife have a three-year-old at home, and he's like, parents only work and kids have to be alone. You know, so they're like, oh, my God, will the daycare open back up? Because it's hard to even do your work and keep a three-year-old occupied. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and, okay. and and so how, you know, what I've, what I've told parents is, um, especially black parents, is get on the phone and hold your teachers accountable. Talk to your child's special education teacher and get her to train you about what you need to do. Have her to draw you up a lesson plan. I don't care if you do it Saturdays and Sundays. I don't care if you do it 30 minutes a day, but get her to train you over the phone. If you don't have access to uh, the Internet so that you can Zoom or FaceTime or whatever you want to do with her, whatever you can do, get on the phone and say, what can I be doing with my child? Give me some techniques. Give me some tips. Give me some tools. You know, I've been fortunate doctor that you know my husband has always had a, a good job so when I needed to, to dip out from work I just dip you know so right. I, I've so when 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 this all happened I dipped 
And I said, you know what? We finna Zoom and FaceTime and y'all gonna train me. So I am functionally trained on how to run a behavior therapy session with my special needs children. I can run a full one hour session with each one of my children and I can run a speech therapy session with each one of my children. Right. And so they at least get that. But I had to fight for that. I had to get them on the phone. They had to spend some time training me. They had to send me the materials in the mail because I ain't going to print out all that stuff and then train me. And that's what I'm telling my parents. Make them train you because you, you know, you are all that your child has right right now because they not coming for us. They not going to rescue our children. No, they're not. not, I mean, so I mean, so what you're saying is the other thing you can't use this technology divide. As an excuse, there no. are ways of, of, you know, skinning a cat, right? And so the other thing is that, yeah, get on the phone with me. Talk me through it. A lot of more people have cell phones and they have computers in the mm-hmm. house. So that's a way to do that. And we have to feel empowered to go into schools, to, to talk to, call up the school and say, I want to talk to my child's special ed teacher or my gen ed teacher, whoever, and have them do that. And they will push back. And I know they will. Because oh, yeah, they will. They will push back and they'll find out every kind of reason, but they will quickly say, you know, parents don't care. They're not involved. They can't, they won't do this. But then when a parent calls them, they're like, well, I don't know. First of all, you have the intellect to do it, or you go have the patience to continue to do it. And, and because I ran a big, big system and worked in a big system in Memphis, Tennessee for years, I know that people who, and then they get irritated by people who advocate. Oh, yeah. She always yeah. up here with something. She always calling. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I don't call, the first thing y'all going to say is I don't care. Right. Absolutely. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's going to take, uh, and I don't know what your experience is, but, you know, I used to have a, a lady who worked at Pacer that I worked very well with when I was a principal in Minneapolis. And she helped me. I mean, she, she helped me help my parents. Because I used to tell my parents, we're in meetings, I used to tell them, you need to reach out to Pacey, you need to reach out to somebody besides the system to help be your advocate mm-hmm. around this work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I know it shocks some people there. I mean, the teachers are like, you tell them to call Pace. I'm telling them that we, I'm going to advocate for the people in who come to these meetings. Okay, so I know what they look like. I, they look like me, and I know how I would feel if it was happening to me. But the fact of the matter is they need a, another independent organization to come in and help advocate them with them to come in with somebody standing beside them sitting beside them as they're talking about what they need and to ensure that it happens and follow up i mean it's it's absolutely it's absolutely necessary oh my god that's some that's some good advice that is some great advice i mean so yeah you have blessed us i don't want to give her name out but i'm just telling you she's a she's a sister and she would come and she would tell me if i was wrong and because i always wanted to be right of course. Who don't who wanna be wrong? But I want to be right, but I wanted to do right. Yeah, yeah. And that's so the most important right. part. And so that's the most important part. And so if there was something that I wasn't providing or the system wasn't providing, I needed to understand that so I could figure out how to advocate to the system because I was a principal at the time. And I I mean I can just only tell you, I've had to go to school on my to deal with my own kids. And I'm telling you, they make you feel so little. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And so and so I, every time I went to a school, and I didn't have to go that often, but every time I went, I had to make sure I had on my suit, my heels, my Malinois makeup, a jewelry, and walked in, and I would sit at the head of the table. Yes. That, you know, like I Mama say, this, put your Easter suit I, on. Put your Easter right. suit I call, on. I called this meeting, you know, and so I was in the meeting, I'd ask the principal to come, and the principal wasn't there, and I said, well, 
you need to go get him because I scheduled this meeting with him and not with his second in command. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so you have to kind of push yourself if that's not what you're used to doing. And you know, sometimes our our parents and our people come down. They're angry. You know, they're upset because the system has failed them, and they want the best for their kids. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you know, so so when people come down and they may you know say some things that may be inappropriate, I said, I know you're angry, and I know this language does not reflect what you really think of me because you think I'm beautiful. <laughs> of course, that would get them to laugh and like, right. oh, yeah, you know, Principal Johnson, yeah. But, you know, I'm just sick of y'all folks. I said, I understand. I get it. So how, that's, let me help you figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you, you, have, you have found and discovered, I know through your hard work, that it does. It takes an advocacy. Mm-hmm. And it has, I mean, like you said, you have access to resources and, 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 and other stuff that you can use to make sure that you, you're getting your kids what they need right. to be able to live the life that was meant for them to live. And, you know, I still don't know that song, old song. I still never looked it up. I don't know the song that your son was singing. Oh, yes. Old, old, old Town, Town Road. Road. Yes, yes. I don't have to look it up. I never listened. I was like, I got to find this song. Yes. I always thought clips of him doing not the whole thing so i just want to learn the whole song <laughs> i mean that's the thing and then you see you'll see kids our kids will start to regress too you know they'll start to they're not in the social setting they're they may be isolated they may be with big mama as you said during the day when their parents are yeah. out working. and the fact of the matter is and they may be sitting in front of a tv right you know they, right. they may not be doing those things that put their mind make their mind think and and that type of thing so it really is. You'll see some, some regression. <laughs> I mm-hmm. tell you, my, okay, this is so awful. I've never done a podcast. I don't know if this is appropriate, but I'm going to do it. My grandson was potty trained. Uh-huh. And one day I said, Ben, how you doing? My son said, tell him the truth. He said, I wet my pants. And my son said, no, he just peed on the floor like a dog. <laughs> the girl that's... like, what? That's, that's I mean, what he happens. Knew, he, he knew he had to do it. He knew he had to go. He just stood there and just did it. Mm-hmm. And so I know this happens. I know this regression happens. And, and it's something that I know is going to be hard for parents, but, you know, the predictable nature of having kids do stuff, you know, like this is what you do, the root rituals and routines that you establish at home, at your home helps students feel even yeah. safer. Yeah. Feel safer in their and, that, and that's even another thing, too. Yeah. That ritual, even if that routine. Home. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, doctor... So, you you just done blessed us so much tonight on this podcast, and I just can't thank you enough. Your son got married today. You need to be busy doing other stuff, resting your feet and your nerves, because that's just too exciting. Oh, but you took the time like, to bless me and everybody who listens to this show. Oh, I feel blessed to to have met you and have been involved in this conversation because, you know, I was just writing down my notes. I'm like, even the, the house and the air quality, Shalanda, think about that. Yes. I have asthma. And I know where all these plants, they have all these pollutants going to the air. They're in the inner city. Girl, come on. Where our, where our people live, and these pollutants go out. And so you have more people in North Minneapolis who, who are asthmatic, more kids who are asthmatic. I knew that as a superintendent. I mean, so these these are the things that that people don't pay attention to. And they, these are practices and policies and things they've done over the decades that are now just exacerbating how the health risks that they give to people like me, who's asthmatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. children too. And you can't learn yeah. if you're at home itching. You can't, what? you know, my, my son had to cut, we had to cut therapy one day this week because my boy, 
uh, got the itching and scratching and bumped up. We just had to shut it down. Yeah, you have. I mean, yeah, I've, I've done that too. Sometimes it start itching. Like, oh my god, my feet are itching, my hands mm-hmm, are itching. Mm-hmm. And you just start itching. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's the other thing. You have to take care of the spirit and the soul and the emotion too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, uh, I mean, you don't want kids to be high stress because you hit them over the head with stuff that you're going through so fast and you're not making the connections with mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. to let them know that you're here to help them through this. And that is the piece that scares me even more that people are like, okay, get your math worksheet out and do it and get right. your homework done. Right. As right. opposed to, you know, how was your day today? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, something like that just to kind of, cause relationships Ease are into uh, it. really yes. big with, uh, really big with black people. We, we, we love our people. We like to know, you know, we like to know that you respect and like us and then we can work hard for you. Mm-hmm. You preach on that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, and you just, don't play me. You, yeah. You just, you, you know, and, and you just kind of hit me in the soul too, because I'm, I'm like that with my kids. I'm like, we just got to get it done. Let's get it done. Instead of let's work together. I love you. Come on. You can do, it. you know what I mean? Just oh, encouraging oh. and giving them that word. So you just bless my soul right there. Oh, no, it's important. I mean, it's this, this is a, a journey, especially for black mothers. Because, you know, a lot of our homes, we have black mothers. And so it's a journey. And it's a, it, it sometimes become a thing of self-discovery. And then let's forget about, forget about the spirituality and the faith and community that people don't have now. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we're doing TV. We're doing church TV, you know. so Church Facebook. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So it's not that it's, it still doesn't replace you seeing the, the old women in the church and mm-hmm. young kids and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's always been really big in the black community, faith, family, and food. And friends, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And friends, yeah, really important. So I hope that, I didn't even ask you how long this show is. But it's I hope, all good. Uh, you, you know, cut me off when you need to. But I, I hope that uh, you and I can connect again because I was telling you my cousin, Josephine, loves you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, we got to get yes. together as soon as, yeah. Because I'm telling you, I would treat, when the virus over, I would treat for lunch, and we'll go out to lunch, and I'll pick up and go, and she's like, oh, my God, Birdie, I can't believe you did. I said, I just texted her, and I said, I'm going to do a podcast with Shalada. She said, oh, my God, how can I hear it? Oh, I'm going to have to, okay, we're going to have to make sure she subscribes to the to the Taking Authority Over Autism podcast. You tell oh, her. Oh, I need to do that, too. Yes, okay. yes. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, we've got seven shows on the platform. And this week, what we're doing is each one of our shows um, is dedicated to COVID. So my show today is COVID and black babies, black children, black special yeah. needs children. And so Dr. Verna's doing one on black businesses. And my husband and I are doing oh. one on black bedrooms. We're going to get real honest about, what? girl, oh. you don't want to miss it, girl. You, I, In fact, yeah, you don't want to miss it, girl. You don't want to miss it. I mean, that's what I always liked about, uh, appreciate about you is that you keep it real. And I, yeah. I love that. Thank you. I mean, you keep it real. And I I, I feel like uh, that, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm willing to do this, you know, as we think about coming back for the school year, if there's any way that I can serve or help, let me know. I will. You have you, you know, have done it tonight. You have given us your knowledge, your information, your expertise in a way that black parents can understand and absorb and appreciate it. And so for that, I say thank you. But, Chalotta, I, I mean, you and I could talk about this, but I didn't even know the IEP means for parents. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, like somebody contacted me once and said that this family is having such a hard time. Can you go with them? They sent me the paperwork and I told them, I said, I will go, but you have to tell 
the principle that I'm coming because I don't want it to be an intimidation thing. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, want them, I want them to be there. I want them to know I'm here to support and listen. And, you know, and it's your meeting. So I will only jump in if I feel like it's necessary because it's not my meeting, it's your meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to provide support, you know, so just know I'm not going to let it go, Too you know, far. rest on the mm-hmm. so I'll be there. But if there's something that I feel like is should be stressed. And, you know, so the people, this is the other thing. So this kid was... And I'm not gonna name who the child is. Was on an IEP was doing better mm-hmm. with the interventions. And what happens with kids? This is a black kid. What happens is you put the child on the interventions, and the kid is starting to do better. Then you want to stop the interventions, mm-hmm. and you don't like cold turkey. I mean, so if you have if this child has been coming to your room before he goes to the other room, why, why can't he continue to do that? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get giving kids independence, but why would you stop him if he's getting successful doing something? Mm-hmm. And maybe he needs that support a little longer. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. this is, okay, now this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this because this is where I believe for special needs students, mm-hmm. I, I felt like sometimes I had to kind of over-talk my folks to say, why aren't you, why aren't you using the latest technology with this student who's, who's not talking? Mm. You can buy technology for kids to type in stuff or pictures. Yes. So you know what they're trying to say. So the point is is that kids are able to communicate. And how they communicate is what works for them. And so if they're not verbal yet, there are ways, there's technology, but it costs money. And so districts are in this thing, they want to save money. But how can you save money when, you, when, you, when you're taking a life? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, it's so really wampum. So I'm just telling you, it's so crazy. Well, I, I, we're going to make some sense out of it, and I think we did today. Dr. B, we got to run. We got to fly. Okay. But okay. we have blessed so many people today. You have blessed so many people today. And I want everybody to share this with the parents of special needs children in their lives, especially in the black community, so we can combat COVID and our kids can be successful when we're ready to reemerge in society again. We love you. Absolutely. Tell your son we said congratulations. I will. I will tell him. All right. I'm going to try to FaceTime him tonight. So, <laughs> ah, and make sure you tell. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that Josephine. lunch. We're gonna do that. We're gonna tell Josephine. We're gonna do that lunch. I'm gonna tell her. All okay. right. Love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. And you've been listening to the Taking Authority Over Autism podcast. I'm your host, Shaletta Brundage. We'll see you next time. Always fun and informative. Shaletta's a big draw at autism conferences across the country. Find out how you can book her as a featured speaker for your next event at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com.